Beginning with verse 1 of Matthew chapter 28, it says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of the, <clears throat> of the guards, he trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen, as He said. Come see the place where He lay. And verse 7, Then go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead, and behold, He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see Him, as I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell His disciples. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. I want to take just a, a few moments and talk to you about verse 6 of Matthew chapter 28. He is not here, for He is risen. In my reading this week, I came across a devotional, and I want to share some thoughts uh, from that particular writing with you this morning. It read, Easter Sunday is the most triumphant day in the calendar of the Christian church. Yet there is no trace of an Easter celebration as we know it anywhere in the New Testament. The celebration of Easter actually began with the early Jewish Christians who continued to celebrate the Passover regarding Christ as the true Paschal Lamb. The event naturally passed over into a commemoration of the death and resurrection of our Lord. Down through the years, the actual date of Easter has changed from time to time. Since about the 16th century, Easter has been celebrated on the first Sunday following the full moon after the first day of spring. Thus the resurrection of Christ is symbolized by the bright color of laughing daffodils and fresh green of the countryside breaking forth from the dawn, from the brown of winter. But most of all, the wonder of His resurrection is symbolized in the hope that beats in the hearts of believers everywhere as they sing triumphantly, Christ the Lord is risen today in Charles Wesley's song. It was the message it was that message that lifted Christianity out of the category of dead superstitions and archaic religions and made it the abiding faith of multiplied thousands of searchers after truth. When the glorious truth of the empty tomb and risen Christ was whispered in the streets of Jerusalem and was spread to the marketplace of Corinth and Antioch, as we've been talking about in our study of Acts, that glorious truth came as an electric shock. It awakened devout persons in every corner of the world to the fact that Jesus was indeed the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. It ends, the resurrection quickly became the central theme of the apostles' preaching. Within 50 days of the death of Christ and the seeming collapse of His cause, the city of Jerusalem rang with the cries of those who with all boldness declared that God had raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that they were His witnesses. Craven cowards were changed into courageous confessors, and crude, unlettered fishermen from Galilee became royal heralds of the King. All who saw and heard them were compelled to acknowledge that something had utterly transformed their lives. When questioned, <clears throat> when questioned by the critics, the apostles had no hesitancy in making reply by attributing everything to the risen Christ. 
as we've seen in our study of Acts that we've been going through for the last several weeks and months, the resurrection was also the dominant theme of the teachings and, and writings of the Apostle Paul. It was everything to him. He had said on more than one occasion that his resolve was to preach Christ and Him crucified. His resolve was to tell of what Jesus' sacrifice had done for mankind. He wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. The truth of the resurrection was not just some historical event with some historical significance, but according to this passage here that we just read in 1 Corinthians, it gives life, it gives power. The resurrection can transform your life today. It can transform families today. It can transform our world today. The resurrection is everything. It is our hope. It is what we believe. And it brings power and life. Millions of people will go to church today and they'll hear about a risen Savior. They'll hear about this man, Jesus, who died on a cross but came out of a tomb three days later. But, but my question today is how many of them will really believe that He's alive? How many of them will really stop and believe that that means something for their lives? That Christ is alive, that Christ is risen from the dead. The greatest news that has ever been flashed from heaven to earth was that Christ the Lord was alive, that He was risen. The angel at that tomb delivered that message. He said in Matthew 28 and verse 6, He is not here. He is risen. He is alive. And the power of those words changed the course of this world that we live in forever. It brought hope to a world that had none. It gave His followers and believers purpose and power that they had never had in their lives before. We've been reading all about this in, 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 in the book of Acts and we've been studying it for some time now. We see that power that the Holy Spirit gave to the church. We see that they were seeing converts, people coming to, to, into fellowship with them. They were believing in Jesus Christ. Their lives were being changed. But I want to ask you this morning... What relevancy does the cross and the resurrection have for you and I today? What does it do for us? How can it change our lives? Is it just as powerful today as it was in the book of Acts? What does it mean for us today? Well, there's just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning as we think about the resurrected Christ. And the first thing is this, that the resurrection redeems us. The resurrection redeems us. John 5 and verse 25 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Scripture teaches that we were dead. That before we knew Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we were in a state of spiritual deadness. You know, there's always a fad in every society um, and in television right now, one of the fads is, is zombie movies and zombie TV shows. I have a friend who, who absolutely loves a, a zombie show. And, you know, I stopped to think about it the other day. That's exactly how you and I were apart from Jesus Christ. Scripture teaches that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that we were not alive, that we had no fellowship with God. We were literally dead. We were living a life without purpose, a life without meaning. We were the living dead. 
But Christ brings life and life more abundantly. And with simple trusting faith, He can transform that life that is dead and bring it into the presence of a living God. He fills us with purpose. He fills us with power. One author wrote that Jesus' words have not changed. Time has not robbed them of their power. The Christ who lived on this planet still lives today. And all those who believe in Him, He raises from lifelessness, from a wretched quality of living that is worse than death. You hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Even when we were dead in sins, He quickened us together with Christ and raised us up together. My question to you this morning is, have you been given life? Have you been given the life that only Jesus Christ can give to you by the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection? Have you been given life? The resurrection redeems us. And it still redeems people today. But the second thing that I've noticed in Scripture is that the resurrection empowers us. The resurrection empowers us. Hebrews 7 and verse 25 says, Consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. He's interceding for us. He's praying for us now at the right hand of the Father. Matthew 28 and verse 20, Jesus is speaking to His followers. These are some of His last words before He ascended to heaven. And He says, "...and behold, I am always with you. I am with you always to the end of the age." He is with us. He is here right now in our midst and He is empowering believers today to live a life for Him. Encouragement for those who are discouraged. Jesus is here. Hope for those who don't know hope. Jesus is here. Help for those who need help, whether it be physical or emotional or financial, whatever it is, Jesus Christ is here through the power of His resurrection, through the power of His Spirit. We are empowered today. Scripture tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us right here and right now. And that the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and takes up residence and empowers you for life. God wants each and every one of His children to know that power, to live in that power. He longs to give it to His children. He longs to, to empower our lives in that way because He is alive. He is risen. And He empowers us. He redeems us. But the third thing that I want to share with you this morning is that the resurrection gives us hope. The resurrection gives us hope. Is there any hope? I look around the world that we live in today and I see a society that's in a economic meltdown, people are losing their homes, people are losing their jobs, there's sickness, there's disease everywhere you turn. I think about the fact that our political climate in this country is, is, is tense and there's no harmony, there's no goodwill, no one gets along anymore. Is there any hope? Is there a chance that it could change, that it could get better? 
1 Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Scripture says there is a living hope. Why is it a living hope? Because Christ is alive. Because He is no longer in a tomb. Because He did die on that cross. But three days later, that stone was rolled away and He is risen. We have a living hope. A real, tangible hope. I have a dear friend who's a pastor. And he writes a weekly blog. A very brief little blog. Uh, sometimes more than once a week. Some of you may uh, have heard me reference him before. He used to be my pastor years ago. His name's Frank Purvis, and he pastors a church in the Grantham community. But this week as I was thinking about 1 Peter 1 and 3 and that living hope that the Bible tells us we have because of the resurrection, I was, I was pleased to find that he had written a blog about it. And it went so well with what I was thinking. I just want to share it with you this morning as we... Think about this living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He writes, It's another Easter weekend filled with egg hunts, cantatas, sunrise services, and often new clothes. It seems possible that we can go through this holy weekend without batting an eye. Like Christmas, we've done it all before. What a contrast to the first century Christians. The book of 1 Peter was written to the suffering, persecuted believers of Asia Minor, they were faced with Nero and the whole Roman Empire breathing down on them the threats of imprisonment and perhaps even death. In the opening verses of this epistle, we find Peter writing these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter said that the resurrection gave them a living hope. In light of suffering and even pending death, these Christians were reminded of the hope that is alive, for Jesus Christ is alive. We live in a culture that's fading fast as a post-Christian society. It's easy for Christians to bemoan the fact that prayer is not in schools and the Ten Commandments are being removed from courthouses. Christians are up in arms over gay marriage and that to pray in Jesus' name is considered unconstitutional. The church acts like that the only hope she has is to have America come back to God. Well, what if it does not, he writes? Is there no hope? The answer is yes, in Easter. Our hope is never based on the morality of citizens or the revival of a Judeo-Christian culture. Rather, it is in the living Christ. Because He lives, reigns, and rules, we can face tomorrow, as the song says. He closes by saying, O oh Lord, may the Easter season plant afresh in my life the living hope of a risen Christ. Amen. Would that be our prayer today? Lord, may this Easter season, may this day where we, we, we have fun and we eat candy and we have a feast at home and we spend time with family and friends, but may we pause and realize that this season is about the fact that we as Christians have hope. That Jesus Christ died so that this world could know hope. We have a lively hope, Scripture says. There is hope for all in Christ. There's hope beyond the grave. 
Because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from a tomb is the same power that can raise us from our spiritual deadness. If we'll confess Him, if we'll believe in Him, Today, humanity faces a decision. Those millions of people that I talked about previously who would go to church and hear of a risen Savior, they face a decision now. Will they believe in that risen Savior? Will they believe that He is alive? Will they believe that that power that raised Him from the dead can bring us from spiritual deadness and quicken us to life as the Scripture teaches? Easter with its message of resurrection power, brings you face to face with a living Christ. He is not dead. He is not in a tomb. He is risen. We have a choice to make. Do we accept that? And in accepting Christ and the fact that He is alive, will we allow Him to change our lives today? He is not here. He is not in a borrowed tomb. His body is not wrapped in grave clothes any longer. For He is risen. Amen.